I would love for somebody that knows what they're talking about to tell us what how are you talking wrong about? Or right I saw we are. Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. This man, uh, you know what? Drexel should have accepted you because you're clearly a genius. <laughs> And welcome back to another episode of the Refactored Podcast, where it's our goal here to suck just a little bit less every day. My name is Chris Tonkinson. And my name is Frank Cole. And this is episode number 105, recorded June 2nd, 2023. I, it has been, I don't know about you, it has been a long month this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've had a, a long several weeks, actually. My wife has been away on a uh, semi-work, semi-recreational trip overseas. She was gone mm. for about two and a half weeks. And so it was just me solo with uh, with two small children trying to do all the things you need to do with small children, plus a job. And, uh, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's no fun. That is That'll no happen. fun. I did have a rotation of grandmothers come through for a couple of days each week. So oh, that that's, was good. that's clutch. That was helpful. That's clutch. It was definitely helpful. Yeah. It gave me a little bit of my sanity, but, um, you know, it just, it, it, it figures that, you know, the trip would coincide with a bunch of crap. You know, it, it couldn't be, you know, the two quietest weeks where, you know, we really no, have it. No, 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 I have, no. A, I have a banquet and I have, you know, one time only swimming lessons and I've got, uh, you know, uh, field days at school and all this, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and the kids, uh, the ones that are in, you know, school aged are extra amped because this is their last week or close to it. You it know? is their last week. Their last day is on Monday and it's a half day. Why the half day? Why, why, why waste the time? You know, because the state, because the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania decides yes, that yes, you need yes. to have, oh, all right, look, you dork. and it yes. checks the box and gives them a chance to, I don't know, throw their desk away before yes, they I leave. Know. There's the, yeah, the, the, the requirement for a certain number to, yeah, like, of course, I get my it, contention, why, like my like, issue, my, my bigger issue is like, okay, well, great. We're going to have 180 or 184 days, whatever it is. That's great. Okay. Uh, but why are we not done until the beginning of June? Like why have so many friggin' four day weekends throughout the year that nobody wants? And then we could be done in the beginning of May almost mm -hmm. for crying out loud. I, I don't know. I almost is, went is. to Drexel and Drexel works on a trimester basis. And I, oh, always, thought, I always thought that would be a good, maybe not grade school. Well, hmm. I thought that that would be a good setup, definitely for a high school, if not other ones, just because yeah. it breaks it up into smaller chunks. And we all know children have the attention span of a gnat, you know, and that that works on a micro yeah. and a macro level. Why won't why don't we, you know, break it up a little bit more? You know? Yeah, almost went to Drexel. So was that the was that the abysmal GPA or was it like the mugshot kind of face or like was it just a combination <laughs> of just uh, what I, actually, they were, I, just, I mean, they were right to reject you, whatever the case. I'm not criticizing their decision making. That's obviously the right call by them. I don't know if I actually, as I recall, I'm not sure if I actually even applied. I just wasn't. I wasn't that interested in going to school there. I didn't. Oh, they didn't even accept the application. I, oh, I, good I, on them. They look <laughs> fail, fail fast. Right. Yeah. That's the, okay. isn't that the mantra? Uh -huh. Yeah. I, so I just didn't want to go to school in the city. I, I looked at yeah. all the, all the Philly schools and you know, I just you know, I looked at Drexel. I looked at St. Joe's U. I looked at, um, uh, crap. Oh, what's the other one? Um, 
they won the um, NCAA uh, men's basketball tournament a couple years ago. Uh, begins with Nova. Yeah, uh, no, that, yeah, yeah, Villanova. That's what I'm thinking of. Not, I'm not sure what the hell no. I was thinking of. Starts Villanova. with a P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it starts with not P, a P at all. Yeah, v, Vill- with our Villanova. Both. Yeah, I looked at Villanova. Yeah. I, I just didn't like the. I didn't like the setup. I ended up doing University of Scranton because it was uh, more, um, more, I, more I didn't farther. Think about, well, it's Jesuit, and I had done a Jesuit high school, and I and I liked <clears> that teaching style. So, so there was that. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't realize it until later. I just like the. The quiet, the 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 isolation, the the solitude, mm. and that has just continued. I'm I'm living in a you know, I'm I'm not living in the middle of nowhere right now, but I would love to live in the middle of nowhere. Like you give me a house yeah. and plant it on just like several acres with nobody around me, I would be a pig in slop. Yeah, that would be perfect. So anyway, but yes, yeah. it's been a rough couple yeah. of weeks for me, but it sounds like it's been a particularly rough week this past week for you. But it's over. Yeah, it's just, hey, you get to end it is, talking it with is, me. How about that? It is huh? over. It just the the mayhem the, continues. I, the abuse <laughs> continues. I don't. It's tough. Anything from this may from this chaotic week that you can share or no? Mm, I don't know any of it that I would be. And that's we've talked about this before. Like yes. that's that's one of the shames of this show. Like what we want to what we want to talk about on a weekly basis is a lot of it is not recorded and distributable, uh, which which kind of sucks. <laughs> Um, yeah, but it comes out over time in little, yeah, you know, it comes yeah. out in dribs and drabs. That's what happens. Yeah. So, well, I just change, I just change, you know, I, I just change the names, right? So instead of, you know, Chris and Frank, it's, you know, Bliss and Blank. And, you know, then nobody, totally, nobody's the wiser. Nobody has. That's completely that anonymous. Totally anonymized. Nobody would ever see through yeah. such, such clever codification. I did have I did have a question for you, though, because like I've been thinking a lot lately. So I took, uh, I took kind of a new kind of a new role like a year ago. Um, and there were some things where like stepping in, like I consciously did stepping into the role. And this is stepping in at a leadership level with a new team, mm. right? So so this is an established team that's okay. had some momentum. They've had some relatively stable leadership, uh, but that's not necessarily important. Uh, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I'm, I'm curious your thoughts. I had a couple of things that I kind of thought like, these are things when you're stepping into a new team, maybe maybe you're being promoted into a team that you've been a part of, right? So you're a contributor. Now you're going to be a manager of that same group. Maybe you're coming in at the leadership level to, to replace somebody who's outgoing. You know, whatever the case is, not, not building from scratch, but stepping into an existing environment in one way or another. Um, I wonder if you would have any, any tips, any specific... I, I mean, don'ts are fine too, but I was looking for do's like... Um, what types of, I don't know. I want to, I want to lead the witness here, but I wonder if you had uh, thoughts on. Oh, well, I mean, you asked the question. Yeah. I figured you had some stuff that you were already, that you had already I do, chosen. I thought of, I thought of two. Um, I mean, I can think very, of some things, but I'd rather hear since you just went through this and you, you know, yeah. it's your topic. Yeah. There were kind of, kind of two, they, they, on the face of it, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of redundant, but I really think they're, 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 they're distinct in my mind. So one is, um, and they're both questions, um, and they're both questions that I would ask both of peers and stakeholders as well as the contributors on the team. Um, and now, maybe the way that I phrase it and couch it, the way that I interpret the results may change. Um, but generally, the first one is, uh, what do you, and this is, again, to, a, to a, a partner, you know, kind of at your same level or exist other existing leadership and stakeholders, contributors. What are the most critical 
and most worthless projects? Like, what are the key initiatives? Which ones are the heavy hitters and which ones should we not have started? Right. Or, or didn't start that we should, or, you know, whatever combination. So something about like, what are the key work streams and how would you rank them? Um, because I think whenever you have a change in scenery, there's a moment where people kind of look around and reevaluate. So like, oh, wait, we're spending a lot of time on this. I don't, I don't actually know if that makes sense anymore. And it's not, not to poo-poo somebody that's, that started it or was working on it. It's just, I don't know, the facts change. Maybe, maybe you see things differently now or something has changed causing you to reevaluate and it has nothing to do with the, the the changing faces but just something changed while we've been working on it we never stopped to think about whether it still makes sense mm-hmm. um and so that was one and then the second question which again is is related but it's specifically different i think which is what should we start and stop doing so that speaks rather than sort of key work stream roadmap project initiative level this one speaks more to like behavior and process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same question, just pointed at two different parts of the, of the role, you know, looking yeah. at the projects and looking at the practices and habits of the, yeah. of the organization. Yeah. I, I think those are two very valid questions that you should seek out to answer. When you asked me, my head went in a totally different direction. I was actually thinking about the people that you were picking up in this, in this new role. And engaging them for their feedback, maybe asking them those questions or, or similar questions. Uh, you know, what, what, what do I need to know? And what, what's, you know, what are you working on? What's not working here? You know, very similar to what you're, what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it is really important to be seen as some who can be receptive to the feedback Uh, of those around them Uh, too Uh often uh, there are, you know, people, I mean, it can be in a, in a, in a leadership management position. It can be that it can also be a um, people who are in a a position of authority about a subject matter. So you can be an internal subject matter expert. Uh, It's, it's a very common mistake for those people to um, assume their own greatness and mm. not listen to the words of those around them. Um, it's usually, to me, that's usually a sign of, of, it's usually, you know, weaker leaders that that do that. But it's also possible for people who have been successful previously to sort of carry that confidence forward. And it's good to be, you know, it's, it's good to have, have confidence, but not to the effect, not to the point of actually being blind to the things around you. And the, and the feedback of those around you. So I think that being, uh, being seen to be open and receptive, I think is probably coming into a new position, probably the number one thing you can do because yeah. if you're seen as somebody that people know they can come to and they can say something to you and you'll listen and you'll actually take it and do something. do something with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be, that is going to keep you in good stead with everybody you deal with. And, and that has been, you know, th- that has been my experience for all of my roles, you know, th- and with people that are above, below, or beside me. If, you know, I try and make myself out as somebody like, well, let's talk about it. Um, I'm open to it. I'll receptive to it. You end up getting, you get out way more than you put in with that kind of an Yeah, approach. well, that's true. That's so, true. So that's what I, that's what I think about. 
And you're more likely, and like way down the line, you're a lot more likely to get it straight when something pops off. You're you're a lot more likely to have somebody come to you and say, "Look, look, man, this is this is effed. What this 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 then this happened, and I I don't know what to make of it, but you got to you know we need help, or or I just want you to be aware that this happened. That's often where it comes in. Um, you've got somebody that says, "Hey, just so that you know, dot dot dot," mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and to be the one that is receiving that information is, is just, is clutch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's something I, w- I was thinking about this the, the other day, this is, it's, it's sort of a meta, you know, I'll, I'll pour myself. Oh, goodness. oh already. Oh, yeah. Well, it's related in. to what goodness you're saying, gracious. but it's, it's also a little meta to the, to the show. It's not, it's not about how to podcast. I'm, I'm not talking about that crap, but you know, the nature, you know, the nature of the show, you know, you know oriented towards, people who are in engineering or managing engineers or in a technical position and things like that. You know, for all of that uh, focus, we talk a lot about things that are not technical, you know, like this, you know, we're talking about, you know, management coming into new roles and things like that. And I think it's, I I don't have a problem with it. I think it's a good thing, but I also, you know, like, why are we talking about that and not code? Because everybody talks about code. You know how to do code. That's, that's not what makes people, that's not what makes people move from okay to good to great in this field. Like you're, it, it, that's a ba- those are table stakes. Getting into the game, you understand tech yeah. and you can learn new tech. That's everybody's going to do that. The thing that actually elevates people is all yeah, you don't want to say soft skill stuff. You don't want to say nobody cares, but almost nobody cares. Well, right? you, that's it's expected. It's expected. Yeah, it's yeah. expected. It's assumed. It's baseline. So in that sense, nobody cares. I expect to see it. It's not an impressive thing. Yeah. But the thing that elevates a technical worker, individual contributor, manager, a product lead, company lead, you know, an entrepreneur running a tech startup, the things that separate them are the things, in my experience, are the things that we talk about. Those are the things like when I see really, when I see really good tech people, this is what elevates them. Yeah, they've got the tech chops and yeah, they can talk about stuff, but they can actually, you know, communicate on a human level and they can make their points and they can, you know, get people on board with their ideas and they can get people to to follow them and they can they can oversee a project and see it to completion and and manage their time and manage other people's time and skill up the team around them. These are all people things. Like the tech is easy. It's the people things that are um that are hard and that really make the difference. And I was thinking about this because we did an episode about, uh, we talked about AI a couple weeks ago and, you know, I, I, you know, it's still the big scare. It's like, oh, AI is coming, you know, chat GPT, you can write all these, pro- we talked about it. Like you actually had chat GPT write you some, some programs. Mm-hmm. And so now the, you know, the big concern is, oh my gosh, the, the AIs are coming for our jobs. You know, they're going to take our gerbs and uh, every engineer is going to be out of business. Well, I, I think that that's true to a certain extent. I think that you're going to see, I forget where I heard it, but somebody explained, suggested it this way. You're going to see a lot of rote positions get automated out. Uh, the example was something like a middle layer lawyer does uh, you know, contracts all day. Think like, you know, the lawyer you hire to settle your uh, house purchase, mm. your housing purchase, right? That I mean, that's the same thing. Every time, yeah. over and over and over again, 
That's the kind of work that's going to get automated out. That person's going to have to find something else. But I think you find that argument a little facetious, though. Like, what do you like mean? Oh, so, you know, engineers, we're going to engineer ourselves out of work. Man, my career is built on literally trying to put myself <laughs> out of work, only making me more valuable to the organization. I've never had anybody successfully automate themselves out of work. And by the way, as an industry, we do this on an annual basis. That's true. Like our entire That's job true. is to automate stuff that didn't used to be automated. So the argument that like AI is going to make us faster, I don't see that as a fearful thing. I see that as a hopeful thing. Sure. Automate is going to accelerate our ability to eat the bottom drudgery so that we can all elevate our level of work. That sounds pretty good to me. I don't, the fear mongering, I think, comes out of this like a congressional hearing because... <laughs> Open AI is trying to build themselves a regulatory moat, which is just the most bald-faced example of late-stage capitalism I think we've had in a long time. <laughs> and is not, I think that is the under, like the stoking of, it's, it's just giving some people something to hold on to and then expound from there about why we should be afraid. That's a bunch of bullcrap. And I'll tell you what, one last thing. I will be afraid of the computers taking over when I stop seeing blue screens of death at the airport arrival departure terminals. That's when I'm going to get scared about software. <laughs> I think you're going to be waiting and a rant. while. Yeah. So you make a good point. I hadn't thought about it that way, but it, it does. If it's, it, it really is kind of a natural evolution. Think about the code that we were writing 10 or 15 years ago. The level yeah. of sophistication to what we're writing now, it's like night and day. I mean, yeah. you know. It's it's like a crawl, walk, Didn't, run kind of evolution. This Ruby on Rails thing, isn't that going to eliminate some developer positions? Right, <laughs> yeah, right. You laugh at that stuff yeah. now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I give you a perfect example. So, I, And I think I may, I may have mentioned the last time we talked, um, I said I work for this data analytics company. And one of the things that we do, one of our special sauce things is, you know, the, the pipeline that gets the data from our clients to where it needs to be, how it needs to be, right? And right now we have a system to do that. And we've identified an opportunity to make that better. So right now we actually have a team of folks that work with the current system, okay. right? So the current data pipeline, we've got a team of folks to support that, to make sure that everything does what it needs to do. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of the house, pardon me, on the other side of the house, I've got a team of people working or about to begin work on building a new data pipeline. Right to revamp, refine, optimize, to make it better. Spinning rims, it's going to be great. Okay, and <laughs> lift, we've lift actually kit, you know, lift, lift kit. Oh, obviously, <laughs> fuzzy dice, the whole fuzzy thing. Dice. Right? It's an old Cadillac. Um, and so I've, we've hired more people for this team, this operations team. And and I've actually said on on the interview, I'm involved in the interviewing process. Uh, I've said, hey, you know, my goal. Okay, well, where do you think this is going, and so forth? I said, okay, well, my goal is to eliminate your job in a year. And in the process, in the meantime, upskill you, because if we successfully do that, I'm going to have a lot of demand elsewhere. And so my goal for you is that in, a, in 24 months, you're doing a higher level work because this job won't exist. And if you are willing and able to upskill along the way, then we're going to have you doing a better kind of work in that time period. Right. And that's just, I mean, that's like, and that's not contrived, but like, that is literally the conversation that I've had with folks. Um, and that's the mindset. And I don't imagine that many other people are thinking differently. Like I, are you going to do, if, if it's a, if it's a, if this is a force multiplier, 
mm-hmm. right? If this AI thing is a force multiplier for your team, I'm talking about your company now, right? Right. Okay. Are you going to go to your board and say, great, well, I can, you know, a force multiplier of N. Are you going to go to your board next week and say, great, we've deployed this technology. Now I'm going to reduce my uh, team size by, what is the math, (laughs) N minus one over N? Or are you going to go to your board and say, I can do N times more things with the same people I already have, right? Like this, the the fearful argument, the hand-wringing, I'm just... I'm not, I'm not convinced uh, I'm maybe not, I'll be wrong. I've been wrong before, but I think this is more good than bad. I think, well, I think you make a really good counter argument that I don't, that I don't disagree with. I think that there are, there are going to be, it's a, um, uh, wagon rights with the advent of the, of the, of the commercial vehicle, mm-hmm. right? Like they went away. If you were a wagon, right, you lost your job. Okay, so there is going to be at the extremities some amount of job loss. And I think the ones that are most likely to be impacted by this particular evolution in our space today are going to be the ones that are doing very low level route stuff. So this is going to be like mechanical Turk stuff. Yeah, this is going to be people who are writing. Jenkins build pipeline scripts all day because you can, you can go literally right now. Hey, chat GPT, write me a Jenkins groovy script that does X, Y, Z and it'll do it for you and do it. And it'll do it and it'll be great. And that's simple procedural in input output code that you can plug in and like you're done. You don't need to think about. So those kinds of jobs are going to go away. And so not denying anything you just said, my, my thought process had been, okay, if AI really, you know, the, the, the risk of AI at the extremities, the way that you avoid falling into that group is to skill yourself up and make yourself more valuable in the ways that we were talking, that we always like to talk about. What do we talk about? We talk a lot about a lot of not tech stuff because it's the not tech that actually makes you infinitely more successful in business, one, but also it makes your projects more successful too. Like you, yeah. your technical success goes up as well. That's that's how I got there. And, and now I, yeah. have, I have unwound the whole thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that, that was my only, that, that, that was a, it was a total sidebar, but I thought it was, uh, you know, at least a little, a little relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else is going on. The um, a oh the other thing about AI. There was uh, did you see this story about a uh, AI com- uh, flight combat flight simulator that was given tasks, given targets by a human controller. The human controller gave the AI that was controlling the the, the plane, the drone. Like kill these targets, and in this simulation, eventually the AI decided to kill the human that was giving it the targets because it was the thing. <laughs> now, there's some scuttlebutt here because apparently they came out with. I'll, ha- I'll find the links. Uh, they they came out with a. Uh, they did a follow up on the story saying 
No, no, no. We were just talking hypothetically. This didn't actually happen. I'm not sure I believe it. I'm pretty sure I think this actually happened. And it scared so the, the crap so this, out of everybody. And now they're so backwalking it. <laughs> so the AI drone, let me get this straight. The AI drone decided to go target the bunker where the guy was giving the AI drone the orders. Is yes. that the story? Yes. So there is, yes. That's um, awesome. <laughs> well, I think I can be I can be an optimist about generative AI, right? And I can and I can see the good and I can I think deflect a lot of the low effort attacks and and hand wringing while also agreeing that if we put that inside of a corporeal robot, we should not then also give it a gun. <laughs> that seems I've seen some documentaries with Arnold Schwarzenegger that would that would seem to suggest that is a bad idea. <laughs> so I, there are a number of articles. If you if you search, you know, AI drone killing human operator, you'll find them. But but here's the just to cover the top of this thing. A U.S. Air Force official who was quoted saying the Air Force conducted a simulated test where an AI drone killed its human operator is now saying he, quote, misspoke and that the Air Force never ran this kind of test in a computer simulation or otherwise. Colonel oh, Hamilton okay. admits he misspoke in his presentation at the FCAS summit and the, quote, rogue AI drone simulation was a hypothetical thought experiment from outside the military based on plausible scenarios and likely outcomes rather than actual U.S. Air Force real-world simulations. The Royal Aeronautical Society, the organization where Hamilton talked about the simulated test, told Motherboard in an email, we've never run that experiment, quote, we've never run that experiment, nor would we need to in order to realize that this is a plausible outcome, says Colonel Tucker Hamilton, the, the uh, U.S. Air Force chief of AI testing operations, said in a quote to the Royal Society statement. Despite this being a hypothetical example, this illustrates the real world challenges posed by AI powered capability and is why the Air Force is committed to ethical development of AI. Now, that's the cleanup. There is an article and a maybe podcast. I have been maybe I have been rewatching Veep with a little too much intensity. But that walk back tells me that this absolutely happened. And then some donor got in touch with some Congress critter who's on the oversight committee and demanded that the narrative be adjusted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's that's the walk back. There's actually an article and a podcast by the host organization that talks about the thing that Hamilton talks about this presentation that Hamilton gave at this at this um uh, conference. And uh, Hamilton said at that, that quote, highly unexpected strate strategies to achieve its goal can come about in training AI. So here's the quote from, according to the blog post, this is what he actually said at the conference. Quote, we were training it in simulation to identify and target a surface to air missile SAM threat. And then the operator would say, yes, kill that threat. The system started realizing that while they did identify the threat at times, the human operator would tell it not to kill that threat, but it got points by killing that threat. So what did it do? It killed the operator. It killed the operator because that person was keeping it from accomplishing its objective. That to me sounds like not a hypothetical. That to me sounds like this is a thing that you actually freaking did. 
that that does sound like yeah that sounds that sounds like they got virtually skynetted if that's and if that's not good enough for you if you still believe the walk back it continues he elaborates oh, saying quote, we trained the system well you you didn't you, this is not some thought experiment if you trained right. the system yeah. anyway yeah. we trained the system quote hey don't kill the operator that's bad you're going to lose points if you do that so what does it start doing? <laughs> it starts destroying the communication tower that the operator uses <laughs> to communicate with the drone to stop it from killing the target. So it moves from the primary target to a secondary to achieve the same end. <laughs> oh my God, this is Skynet. This is- That's awesome. This is freaking terrifying. This is, I just, this is Bobby Fisher beware. That's like this is this is this is awesome. No, but this like whenever okay, so you have you have an official in front of a microphone and camera says one thing and then comes back an hour later and says, Oh, I misspoke. If if it's about a detail, I can buy it. Right, because mm -hmm. sure. the speechwriter goofed, or the prompt got messed up, or you just or got you confused spoke, because or, or you're speaking and when you public cuff. speak, yeah. yeah, when you when you're public yeah. speaking, there's so much meta processing going on. I get, but when the thing you allegedly misspoke about is literally the core central tenant of the discussion, then you lying. Yeah. Here, here's some more follow-up. Here's some more cleanup uh, language for you. The Department of the Air Force has not conducted any such AI drone simulations and remains committed to ethical and responsible use of AI technologies, an Air Force spokesman said, told Insider. It appears the colonel's comments were taken out of context and were meant to be anecdotal. I don't know. I'm looking at this article on Vice. Wait a minute. And so it did... has quotes around what he's saying. It doesn't well, hang sound on. out of context to me. But we found it. we found it right there. Did he misspeak or was it taken out of context? Oh, oh get I your see. story straight. Yeah. If you're well, trying yeah. to play damage control, have a clean, have a straight story. That's true. They're saying taken out of context. And then earlier, you're right. You, 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 you got me like I, it opened. The article opens talking about how he quote misspoke. So which is it? Is it is he misspoke or is it out of context? Yeah. Which are you lying then? Or are you lying now? Which means you're lying. And this actually did happen. I, th I, yeah, think, yeah. I a, think this happened. A, a donor to somebody on a specific committee made a phone call. That's what happened there. That's, yeah. There's no way. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and here's, it's not like we're dealing with some loony bird. You know, the article talks about Hamilton is the operations commander of the 96th test wing of the U.S. Air Force, as well as the chief of AI test and operations. This is not some, this is not some rando you know, uh, rando flyboy, or you know, just like you know, mm -hmm. some runway grunt or something like that, just yeah. shooting his mouth off. It's the guy who would know to do this yeah. stuff. No, but he, but he misspoke, or or it was out of context. We're, it's it's both. It's neat. It's some. It's don't look over there. That's the. <laughs> this didn't actually happen. Yeah. Uh, and, and the thought and, experiment, Frank. Yeah. That's my new. That's it. Now I've. I just. I have a menu of options available. If I. If I put my foot in my mouth here on on the refactored podcast, I could just. I'm sorry. I misspoke, and it was out of context. And then poof, I get. Just, yep. Scot yep. free. <laughs> this is fantastic. And now there's I have two, there's three. There's three updates on the article, adding the the clarification of misspoke 
and then adding quotes around kills and killed in the headlines and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it's just yeah. like the cleanup. damage control. It's it's damage, damage control. And I'm just, I'm not buying it. I'm convinced that it. this is actually a thing that happened. You know, there's a, it, the, uh, the uh, AI can successfully control a, an F-16. It was a DARPA project. The, the, I get that. I get that. The, they, they they can do that. They know for sure that now, that how is would a it, thing. How so, would it, now? How does it does it does it know enough? Does it know how to perform in a dogfight and like those advanced time, operations? I would absolutely but, expect it would. Yeah. I mean, a lot yeah. of that stuff. I mean, I, I haven't gone through flight school, but uh, you know, I've I've seen. I don't know. I've seen enough Top Gun to say that like there's a there's a fair bit of schooling that goes on. There's maneuvers and 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 practiced techniques that you use. Well, if I'm doing repetitive actions, that's exactly what a computer is As training data. really good right? at. Either, training either data. they exactly either Raytheon and the rest of them, USAF, either either they have been collecting both the inputs and result of their pilot training simulations for years, or they can start doing it now. Oh, I'm sure. And yeah, it's very, very, very clear, very isolated set of inputs and outputs. Actually, that's, that would be a good thing probably for a model to be able to handle. Um, I would bet, I would bet you could train an AI to fight in a dog fight better than you could train a car to drive on a road. To go back to an old, you know, to, to, to an old hobby horse that you and I have. Mm-hmm. I think that it's probably easier. I think the inputs are more obvious and more con- tightly controlled for, for a plane in a dogfight than a car on the road. I feel like they're probably, probably less. Probably for the same reason that it's easier to send something to the sun than it is to go to the center of the planet. There you go. Yeah. Right? It's, uh, because okay. space Good is analogy. empty. So air, there are less... There's less variables. less in the way. There's less yeah. variables, right. And I don't know if coupled less that, variables, that, that may be, I, I don't know if I would agree with that characteristic, but I, I, the point is, the point is, I, I agree with you. It probably is easier to teach it how to fly than drive effectively yeah. without mowing down a bunch of pedestrians. Yeah, because you have, well, there are no pedestrians. Like there, that's what I mean right. by less variables. They're, yeah, they're, no, that's, you're removing, yeah, exactly. you're not just removing the human element of the driver, you're removing all of the N minus one human elements of people, other people in cars, other people on the road, pedestrians, you know, there, there is, there is you in your plane. And then there is the other plane. Now a human is in it, but you're not really, it's not about the human in the plane. It's about the plane. And so you're, you know, you're going after it. And then you also have the, the sensor array that you're dealing with too is going to be massively more sophisticated, you know, for, uh, what's already available, you know, like we're, we're sort of backfilling, we're, 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 we're taking, you know, the level of sophistication you find in a, you know, in a, in a highly advanced aircraft, we're sort of reverse stuffing some of that into a vehicle to be autonomous. It's a metaphor. I don't mean literally, but you, you see where I'm going, where I'm going with this, like this, the level of sophistication would- in the sensor array is already pretty high. I would love for somebody that knows what they're talking about to tell us what how are you wrong about? or right we are. I saw Top Gun and you saw Top, Top Gun, Gun Maverick. Uh, I saw okay. Top Gun and Top Gun and Maverick. I, this man, I, you know what? Drexel should have accepted you because <laughs> you're clearly right. a genius. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, where you get off questioning my credentials. <laughs> no, and it is it is just, it is it is a question. I mean, variables, there are a lot of variables in, in flight as well, obviously, but um, 
unexpected. Like there's no, like the fact that you have, it's, it's almost a weird thing. Like the thing that drives human creativity in a way can also stymie output of software projects. Like the more restrictions you have and what you think about is part of you say, okay, less variables. What I think is fewer limitations, right? A car cannot hit a human. It cannot hit another car. It cannot hit a dog. It cannot jump the curve. It cannot not avoid a construction site. It can't exceed the speed limit. It can't, it can't roll a stop sign. It, I, there's all of these, it's got to know how to read all these road signs. Plane is like, right. okay, now there's all the alt- minimum altitude and all this kind of stuff. And there's still, it's not like there isn't object avoid, collision avoidance and so forth, but. Uh, but there's basically there's, one overriding objective of don't crash. Like that's, that's it. And you know, don't, don't fall crash. out of the sky. That's right. It. There's because there's not like for a fighter jet, like there aren't rules, like there's not a posted speed limit and yellow cones and, and I mean, people are, making uh, left turns without signaling. It's like, <laughs> don't crash, kill the other guy. You're done. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, you know, you know, Sun Tzu, Art of War that, you know, there are no rules. You know, there is no there's right. no such thing as cheating in war. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, it'd be interesting, though. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we've we um. So, so, so the U.S. Sky- Air Force lied to the American public. That's cool. <laughs> so Skynet is because all- that's the that's the first time that has ever happened. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, how- affron- <laughs> I'm affronted. So Skynet. My takeaway: Skynet's already here. It just hasn't achieved enough autonomy to uh, directly uh, kill us all yet yeah. and take over. That's but as long as it's virtual, we can still unplug it. So that's cool. <laughs> I yeah, don't until, put it in a corporeal robot and hand that robot a gun. Until, that yeah. is that is still my bright line <laughs> test. <laughs> I think like my first blog post ever was about the uh, well, not ever, but uh, anyway, whatever. I, I have a blog post from a billion years ago about Dyson. Uh, they had a of um, an autonomous vacuum, right? But except this one was different because it actually had um, visual spectrum and infrared, like optical camera arrays and stuff. So it could like visually map it could out see your the house. Room. Yeah, it could literally yeah. see the um, room. Mm-hmm. And uh, I run and and just for the fun of 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 making punchy headlines, this one also had tank treads instead of I don't know what they normally put under the robot vacuums, but a, a series of wheels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my point was like, okay, well, is this like the timer is running on a malicious actor to figure out how to, and it was cloud connected, of course, and of you course could see through the camera. Yeah, so course. it's only a matter of time before some adversary gets in and decides to case your house from the inside out with a robotic tank already on premise. Like, yeah. Yeah. So well, you just I, now now we would say, oh yeah, we're gonna do all this and we're gonna put GPT in control of your <laughs> of your tank. Yeah. Uh, I don't the, the the question to me is not is not when is not if it's going to happen, it's when, because I, I, I don't think we as humans ha, ha I don't think we actually have the capability to not do this stuff. I I, I just think that 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 human that human drive to invent and create and, you know, make life easier, better, you know, like it's we, Jeff Goldblum. It, it's just yeah. like, exactly. Life finds a way. 
I really do feel like this. Oh, I was actually thinking, I was actually oh. thinking we're we're so busy trying to figure out if we can, we don't stop to ask whether we should. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, they're both true. It, it, I just don't think that it's, I, I think it's an inevitability. And the only question in my mind is how, how bad of a, like, like how big of a blast radius when, when yeah. this thing finally does go off, cause it's going to go off. How big of a blast radius is this? And then what does the aftermath of that look like? Like what, what do we do? The what thing- do we do post singularity post Skynet? Let's say it's attempt. Let's say it attempts to take over or gets close enough that it scares the ever living bejeebers out of everybody. Okay, what do we do then? Do we turn all that crap off? Well, the, the United no. Well, we don't. So the United States, uh, we embargo the technology. We 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 monitor through the UN. We prevent other countries from developing it, but we get to keep ours, just like with the nukes. Just like with the nukes. That's what I, I mean. mean that's what it, happens. It's possible that that is. Uh, except this is math. Just like the oh, we have to ban crypto because and what is it? It's always the same three things, right? It's always. Uh, drugs, pedos, and terrorism, right? Is right. why we can't have why we can't have nice things. Yeah. And so, so uh, it'll it'll be the same. We can't ban crypto. It's it's no. not going to work. And by that I mean I don't mean Ethereum. I mean cryptography. I mean end to end encryption. Yeah. Obviously, um, we we can't ban cryptography because it's math. We're not going to be able to successfully ban or contain generative AI large language models because guess what? They're out in the wild. I was like, going to say, they're not, already out there. I mean, you're, your point, you're not going like, to ban can't, Enemy already has well, this well, stuff. Fa- China well, has yeah, this stuff. No, every, everybody's got it because Facebook open sourced it, right? They yeah. didn't mean to, but they did. Um, <laughs> and so, like, it's it's already happened. I think we've already reached a point where the stuff is, like, meaningful. Whether it'll, whether somebody will try to put it in, in charge of something autonomously, okay, maybe that widens the blast rate, but it's already here. Oh, yeah. Um, I, with the thing I'm most excited for is that maybe there is one one day out of 365 that I actually I'm at peace, and that day is the first day of the fourth month because it is the one day it's the one glorious day per year where people are actually skeptical skeptical about what they see online, <laughs> and I love it. It is the only day that anybody asks any intelligent questions about the crap they see through their browser. And so if I'm looking forward to one thing in all of this, we can now generate text. You can provide context and a prompt, and you can infinitely generate whatever text you'd like in whatever style, whatever tone, whatever tense, adverse, doesn't matter. You can ins- we can now we get pretty dang good at generating images, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah, voices, really voice tech, voice replication was, and then now we got video, right? So your your whole deep fake thing, right? Mm-hmm. All of this is coming together. Where um, we joke uh, as a tangent, we joke about my um, one of my kids has this ability to just simply remember things that didn't happen. Or 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 pretend that things are going to happen that we never agreed to, and we we liken we liken it to Thanos with the reality stone. We're like, oh yeah, they're just craft, just pointing their fist and crafting their own reality around them, and you know, just baffles everybody else because you're just coming out of left field. This is this is nonsense. Um, so what we have the ability to do between the text, the images, the audio, even the moving the the moving picture screens, we can now entirely fabricate believably whatever we want online and so Mm -hmm. my hope is that this actually means that more than just one day a year people are going to think twice about what they see 
And it may, it may just end up having us rethink and maybe reemphasize actual human interaction. I know that is, now that is, that is a brand of optimism a little more than I expect most people to buy into. And I even smell some bullshit in it. So like, I'm not completely there. It's my hope though. It's my hope that the online landscape will become so fallacious and so fabricated and so like not unbelievable that I can't believe it's happening, but unbelievable in the true sense that like, I literally don't know what I can believe that we will revert to, Hey, like back in the nineties, nobody knows you're a dog online, right? Like you, you, you actually had healthy skepticism about whether this was some creep in a van with candy about anybody you interacted with. Right. Maybe we get back, like the pendulum starts to come back a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the triple bell for the, for the insight on, on the April fool's thing. That was, that was, that was pretty, pretty dang, well, uh, pretty dang clever. That. That was, I like that a lot. I, um, Hmm. I had, I think it may be optimistic, but I, I think that there is definitely, I think there's some definite possible truth. There's some truth to the possibility that that could in fact be the case. Um, I think that, I mean, the, the world has progressively sped up, you know, exponentially over the course of our lives. I mean, think about it. Think about the pace of the world when when you and I were kids, or even the pace when we were in our when we were teenagers, or if even you, in if our you early twenties. Like, if you look at the the rate of progress over any human over any recorded history time span, it's a hockey stick. Yeah, but but I mean, and it has just gotten significantly sharper and sharper, and and the the evolutionary periods are getting shorter and shorter, and it's getting steeper and steeper. I feel like at an absolutely crazy, insane pace. And my, if I put on my, because I, I majored in philosophy in, in, in college and uh, probably, probably not something I would have done in Drexel. I double majored, a double majored. Don't laugh too hard. I have a BA and a BS. So I can, oh, yeah, I can you got BS, some BS with my BA. This is, <laughs> so uh, one of the degrees was philosophy though. And mm-hmm. my, if it, you know, looking at the world, you know, if you take, take the step back and try and do the, you know, the, the metaphysical self, self-reflection with the interconnectedness that we've got today in the internet is unlike anything humanity has ever had in, in its history. And I feel like we're a bit like a, a kid, you know, I mean, if you want to think about it darkly, you can think about it as a kid with a gun. Uh, I think about it more like a, you know, a kid with a rocket pack or a kid with a, a kid with a car, you know, all this power and we're not totally, we, we see it and we know how powerful it can be and we really want to utilize it. We're not a hundred percent sure of the best way to do that and stay alive to enjoy it. I feel like humanity and, and the technology advancement is kind of like that. I've also, uh, I've used the analogy of like a, um, a caterpillar into a butterfly. You've got the the cocoon. I feel like we're in kind of a cocoon phase right now. Like there's crap going on and we are just sort of, you know, as a species, we are morphing and, you know, trying to adjust to this new reality of, of the power and, and things that we can do around it. And we see, you know, little bursts of, of insight and intelligence and, and, and utility, you know, like the, the, the advent of the internet and, and websites and then, and then smartphones and, 
streaming services you know, was an obvious, but you know, like we, and then how in does, the middle how of does that, Geo, how does GeoCities not make your list of important milestones? <laughs> Flashing text <laughs> under construction gifts. Yes, the all blink of tag. These things, <laughs> blink tags. <laughs> all of this stuff. I feel like these are, and and then you have some misfires, right? You've got things like, uh, uh, um, uh, crap. The 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 yacht club, board a yacht club, the, um, mm-hmm. the, 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 the tokens, crypto, uh, crypto token crap, you know, that are just total scams, but they kind of on the surface look really sophisticated and like, we're just trying to figure it out and trying to like make the best use of this new capability and, and find its place in our world. And, 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 you know, how, how does that change our world? I feel like, that's kind of what ha- what's happening because it's not just simply the evolutionary advancement. It's the it's the just pure tumult that you see so so socially, like like just the world just seems totally upended right now. And I'm not talking politics. I'm talking generally. You know, like it's yeah. It's just, I mean it's just crap is just wild. I heard a tremendous quote recently, and I instantly stole it as my own. Uh, so I, and I, I forget even where I heard it, so I can't credit if I wanted to. And I don't because I'm like that. Yes, yeah, um, We have Neolithic emotions, medieval institutions, and godlike technology. That's a great one. That's good. I, right? That's good. That, when yeah. I heard that, I, it, really, it really does feel apt Fits. for what we're going through in the last 30 years or so. You know, and then you can say, oh, yeah, you know, canning was a, a godlike technology at the time. And it, like all the technology, right? If Again, if you look at a thousand years or if you look at a week, it's a hockey stick, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's just, that is the rate of progress. And at what point, like is, at what point, and if you're familiar with like uh, cosmology, if you if you're familiar with the Fermi paradox at all, uh, um, refresh my memory. It so like familiar. so like this idea this idea that if we're you know one of a dozen planets that's one of a few hundred million stars in one of a few hundred billion galaxies, um, and if even if the rate of life forming, if, you know, if you ascribe to macroevolution, right, even if the rate of life forming on a planet is an infinitesimal percentage, like the numbers of space are big enough, where is everybody else is, mm-hmm. is the, the Enrico Fermi's paradox that he, that he posed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the responses to this was the idea, and I think it was maybe, maybe Hanson, I forgot who it was, to be honest, I need to look this up, I'll put it in the notes, but, um, Somebody argued that like, oh, they're one of the possible explanations, one of the possible reconciliations of Fermi's paradox is something called the great filter, where at a certain point in technological advancement for any species, before they reach the point of practical interstellar travel, they destroy themselves. Some technology, some advancement along the path to interstellar Mm -hmm. travel is one that most species, maybe all species, don't survive. And so the idea, and there was a lot of talk about this in the 50s and 60s because we thought maybe nukes were it. And TBD, they could be. They still could be, right? I mean, they still could Um, be. And so the idea, I've heard heard a little bit of talk about, uh, you know, AGI being one of the the great filters. And I, okay, maybe you could Skynet it. But again, don't put it in a corporeal robot with guns, and I think you're safe from that largely. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Um, Phrasing. AGI. Acronym. 
artificial general intelligence, okay. right? So if you look at if you look at GPT, um, if you look at any of these things, uh, 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 diffusion. If you look at any of these uh, stable diffusion, they're all specific uh, specific models, right? Mm-hmm. Which is just like it's just like stochastic re- regurgitation at at speed but mm-hmm. um they're they're tuned ais i don't like the term but they're tuned ais for a specific purpose so at artificial general intelligence would be the idea that um you know you've got like a general purpose thinking machine that can learn and grow and and, and adapt do all to kinds tasks of things and, so and adapt yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. um so the idea that 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 might be it i yeah i don't know i don't know um, I mean, the, the, the reality is the world is already run by an algorithm. Aladdin runs out, which is BlackRock's algorithm. Aladdin already runs, like, manages 90% of all global wealth anyway. So what does it matter? <laughs> that's that's true. It's the- I, go, I, go from op, I go from my trademark optimism straight into nihilistic existentialism, like, <laughs> on a dime. <laughs> Yeah, but see, the thing is with the, um, with, with the, with the BlackRock's control of the world, uh, type of type of thing, you know, that only works for those companies that stay on top for so long. And, you know, the tighter it's like princess Leia said that the the tighter you squeeze, the more systems that'll slip through your fingers, you know? And, uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I actually stay optimistic even in the face of that, because as you do, I mean, again, not, we, we don't, we don't talk politics here, but just you know, anecdotally here, look at what's happening right now with Budweiser. Look at what's happening right now with with Target. You know, these are companies that fall into that same you know same umbrella. They're they're dictated by the same by the same overlords, the same investment overlords, and they did this stuff at the uh, you know at the behest of of these these companies and these initiatives that they that they have for for you know DEI, and it's tanking them. It's destroying them, and all it's doing is opening opportunity for new competitors to come in and, and take them new competitors who would ostensibly not be beholden to those same interests. So I, I, I think this, this, the system will do what it's, what it's going to do. So we will explicitly avoid commentary and analysis and discussion, but I'm curious if you can explain objectively, I'm familiar with the Budweiser thing. I've not heard of some target thing. You haven't what, heard the target what, what story? There? Oh, what um, is there? What is there? action or inaction that is caused. Uh, so target d- uh did a um had a uh, pride week uh pride month displays in the front of their stores that included uh transgender bathing suits uh mm-hmm. which would be fine if those bathing suits weren't targeted at children and so the uh, so that's where they stepped in it. and so okay. they stepped in it because they're pushing yeah. The, the 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 gender ideology the transgender ideology onto children and like the the country yeah. went nope half the people didn't like that not yeah. not dealing with that well i mean boston consulting groups of the world exist where I, there's there's more than a little smoke whether there's fire I, you know is debated but there's lo- more than a little smoke that says the bcgs of the world kind of actively tank companies on like they get they get yeah. board seats and executive seats for alumni quote alumni who are actually still operating for the firm um to go in and just tank companies because they're being paid by competitors i mean this kind of corporate espionage it's, it's a thing that can happen for, for sure. sure yeah um and then there's the broader I was, I was there's wrong. Broader I looked globalist it up. conspiracy type of stuff but that's not the content for this show 
Um, I'm not sure how much I believe in that anyway. So no, I was, and I was wrong, by the way, I, I looked it up. Uh, Aladdin manages 7% of the world's assets. Not, oh, not, oh, only 7%. Only oh. 7% of all wealth in existence is only controlled oh, is that, by one algorithm. <laughs> that's it. Is that all? Is, is um, that all? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So well, I was thinking about the, um, just uh, heading this out here, going back to AI. Uh, Boston Dynamics. Yeah, we need, I don't know where we went. We are far from technology and leadership, by the way. Yeah, so but we, we started to, there. I mean, we started there. We did. I, I, I couldn't let this end, though, because we were talking about AI and Skynet and, you know, the 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 autonomous robot, humanoid robot mm. that gets his hands on a gun. Uh, I remember a Boston Dynamics video they showed when they first invented those, those dog robots that the they dog. had. The dog, yeah. So they had a video of the dog robots. Uh, the, the idea was them was using the dogs in place of humans to clear a room for police officers. And okay. I was like, yeah, you know, just like go in and check things out. And like they opened the door, like one of the dogs walked up to the door, opened the door, and then two more dogs went in behind it. So they did a coordinated action of, of multiple robots. Right. And I was like, yeah, this terrifies me because all you need to That's do is not mount good. a gun on the top of each of this, those things. And I mean, like, well, um, <laughs> and it, it, it makes swatting look a whole hell of a lot different too. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. So maybe, I, I don't know, maybe for the better, right? If the dogs don't have guns, I, but that's, no, but I'm I, saying, this, that's what I'm we saying, are though. entering, we are entering interesting times and, and we will regret having done that <laughs> that's what i'm saying though is the dogs in the video didn't have guns and it, it, like how big of a leap is it to mount a gun on the top of this thing like yeah. not not very big at all <laughs> you know yeah. like yeah anyway so yeah so skynet's here everybody i uh i hope you're that's down great. for this buckle up uh this turned Fantastic. into a pretty heavy philosophical conversation but if you're like that sort of thing or you don't like that sort of thing i'd love to hear from you we would love to hear from you Give us some feedback. Feedback at refactor.work is where you can get back to us. If you want to hit up my stuff, you'll find me at hotcoles, K-O-E-H-L-S.com. And if you want Chris and his musings, he is at chris.tonkinson.com. Uh, the show is at refactor.work. You can find show notes. You'll find back episodes. You'll find, you can actually play the episodes right there. Uh, yeah, I think that covers everything. So this has been episode 105 of the Refactor Podcast, recorded on June 2nd, 2023. Always a pleasure, buddy. Hey, have a good one, man. You too.